Hey, I'm Esther. I support managers and leaders to create great environments for great work. I've spent the last four decades leading, living, and observing change in both large and small organizations. And hi, I'm Victor. I coach systems in Agile. And I work with organizations of different sizes, helping them deal with context-specific challenges. And welcome to The Law of Jam, a podcast for people who care about systems thinking, agile, leadership, and management. Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Law of Jam. Hey, Esther. Hey, Victor. Welcome to episode 16. Today, we want to talk about implicit and explicit knowledge, because this is a huge issue in organizations whenever we try something new like a new process, a new structure, a new technology, a new framework, or even a programming language. We're going to share some examples of this, and we're going to talk about how you can recognize if you are working in an organization that overemphasizes explicit knowledge. We're also going to offer some pointers on how you can guide yourself to generate implicit knowledge. But let's start by talking about baking bread. So I do sourdough and yeast bread, and you've been making sourdough for years, haven't you? Yes, but I've recently shifted to kombucha, but that's a story for another time. That is a story for another time. Today, it's bread. So I had a friend who wanted to learn how to bake bread, and this was before the pandemic. So he came over and we baked. And we started out with a super simple recipe, flour, water, salt, yeast. And we started by measuring the flour because he doesn't have scale at home. And so immediately I had to talk about how to put flour into a measuring cup because how you scoop the flour can actually make up to a 20% difference in the weight, even though, you know, the volume can be the same. So we had to talk about that, which wasn't in the recipe. And then we put in the water and the salt and the yeast and started mixing the dough. And the recipe said that the dough should be wet and sticky but it didn't tell you how to recognize how wet or how sticky. And these are things that I learned by trial and error. And my friend learned about it as I talked through it. You know, I would comment on what the dough was looking like and how it was coming together and saying, oh, this is a bit too stiff. So we added a little more water a little bit at a time and then it looked sticky. And so I had him feel what it was like, what sticky felt like. And I don't think he would have been successful with just the recipe. And in fact, that's part of why he came to me, because he had tried baking bread and ended up with bricks. <laughs> so I'm self-taught at baking, and I did start learning from books. But I also asked my friend Carol, who is a sourdough baker, a lot of questions. What do you do when this happens? What if that happens? So that sort of what-if question, the sort of stuff that is never in the recipe books. So even if you don't bake bread, you work with explicit and implicit knowledge. Like the recipe was the explicit knowledge and the stuff I was sharing with my friend as we went along is the implicit knowledge. For example, if you're a developer learning about system design by reading a book because you're splitting up a monolith to microservices, you can learn a certain amount there, but the nuances of it, that's implicit knowledge. Or if you're a project manager in an organization shifting to product teams and moving away from projects, certain stuff you can learn from a book, but, you know, the rest is implicit. So the way we usually train people in organizations, we have them read books or we send them to training classes, and that focuses almost exclusively on explicit knowledge. And likely you have tons of that, 
but likely it's the implicit knowledge that makes you good at your job. So here's another way that explicit and implicit knowledge shows up. You know, when people benchmark, they copy the most visible and explicit parts of a process, but may not consider the thought processes behind it. You know, I think about the way people glommed onto the Spotify model is a great illustration of this. People watched a video and they copied the external explicit model. Yeah. And even started coming sold by consultancies. They would sell the Spotify model. Which left out all the implicit knowledge. This is a big problem. And especially when people want to make transformational change in their organizations. And we both see a lot of people wanting to go agile. But when the trainings mostly convey this specific explicit knowledge, even if it's done in a very practical and fun and engaging way, because that's not what we're talking about, the format you're generating it, even if it's practical, we don't learn how to apply the knowledge. We learn the easy to copy stuff. Yeah, so if you've been to a scrum training, there's a lot of explicit knowledge in that that you're expected to be able to recall, like who attends the stand-up and how long is the stand-up and who speaks and who listens and the three questions. That's all explicit. And while it may be valuable, it leaves a lot out. Yeah, like the implicit knowledge of recognizing when the stand-up does not address the intention or knowing how to make appropriate interventions to a stand-up, knowing when to shift the format or whatever it is. And recognizing that part of a stand-up is there to keep things short, but it's not the only way to keep things short. And the same goes for like making bench presses when you're doing the stand-up. That's also not the only way to make a meeting short, even if some people might find that fun. You know, and knowing when to shift the format, knowing how to shift the format, these are examples of implicit knowledge and the things we don't learn typically in Agile trainings. Or any kind of trainings. Yeah. We're not saying that explicit knowledge has no value because it has value. It has tons of value. And as a coach or manager, it's important to focus on implicit knowledge on top of that. You need to combine the two. So here's a question to you as our listener. Think about your last learning experience. How much of that was oriented around know-how, which would be an example of explicit knowledge? And how much of that was oriented around know-when, which would be an example of implicit knowledge? And it's the know-when that helps you apply whatever you have learned effectively. It brings the context into it. So when I think about how to help transfer implicit knowledge, I did several of these things when I was teaching my friend how to bake bread. So having a guided experience where you talk through your thought process as you go, kind of like working out loud, that helps people understand the nuances and become aware of the context-dependent decisions that they need to be making when applying whatever explicit knowledge they're learning. I think engaging people in reflection and conversation is another way to transfer implicit knowledge because people learn through social interactions. But think about guiding the conversation a bit, maybe by asking questions like, you know, what did you notice? Where did you struggle? Where else can you see applying this? When would this not be applicable? These are all questions that get people to talk about those nuances and develop some sense of know when to go with their know-how. I think about 
In trainings where that focus a lot on explicit knowledge and where you have participants that have a lot of explicit knowledge, that might create frustration because what they're looking for is the implicit knowledge. And so you might need to shift the format. And the same goes for the opposite. If you have people who have, for example, no prior knowledge of Agile or no prior exposure to the development context, it might be difficult to generate implicit knowledge as well. So you need some experiences to tie it back to. In your case, when you were talking about the baking, your friend had his hands on the dough. So that was an experience to tie generating the explicit knowledge to. Yeah, that's why in PSL and a lot of the training I do, I create experiences so that people do have something they can talk about in terms of understanding some of those nuances. It's also, and I learned this from you, it's also like when I design my trainings, the self-directed exercises are practical exercises about what we're going to talk about. And so we use trainings as a way to generate implicit knowledge and they have the opportunity to work on the explicit knowledge by themselves because that is more or less the easy part. Absolutely. All right, so some signs. Let's look at some signs that an organization is over-indexing on explicit knowledge. Well, sometimes I see a proliferation of checkbox sort of lists where, you know, you're expected to have created this document and this document and this document, or you've, you know, you've gone through certain steps, which may actually generate some thinking, but they may actually just be, you know, checking the box. So that's a clue that makes me look at how people are applying implicit knowledge. I've also seen companies focus a lot on teaching people different Agile frameworks. So they try one and then that doesn't work. And so they teach mm -hmm. out the next one a quarter later and then the next one a quarter later. And they just stack <laughs> these Agile processes and frameworks on top of each other, moving from one to the other. Yeah, they're just layering process on top of process without looking at deeply understanding the problem they're trying to solve or looking at what holds the pattern in place. One sign is also if everyone is sent away to a one-day training where people expect huge, massive change after that. <laughs> everyone can hope, but I think that focusing on expecting massive transformation as the result of a short workshop that focuses on explicit knowledge is, well, you're likely to be disappointed. Let's move into wrap-up. Is it that time? It is that time. Okay. We have three points. So first, explicit knowledge is about knowing how to do some. It's the knowledge that is easy to codify and write down. Implicit knowledge is knowing when to do something or when to adjust something so it meets the intention. So the know when. So you need both, but implicit knowledge is generally what makes you effective. If you only have the explicit knowledge, you may follow the form, but utterly screw up on the function. So you really need to pay attention to both. All right, that's a wrap for this episode. Thanks a lot for listening and look forward to the next episode. Yeah, see you next time. See you next time.